This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You made it to the middle of the week. Congratulations. It is Wednesday. It is a hump day as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You should be excited it's the middle of the week. Are NFL players excited that it's Wednesday? Are they Ticked off because they got to go back to practice. No, Wednesday's the heart of practice. It's the worst, it's, it's the worst day. You got to come in with all your, all your principles ready, all your concepts ready, all your film study ready for the week, and it's it's time to grind. How is the body feeling on Wednesday? It depends. If you're a younger guy, you're good. You're running around. You're right. fresh. You're very sprightly. But if uh, if you're a nine, ten year vet, you're trying to ease that thing got a neutral and get to first yeah. so it's it's a it's a it's a difference that's how i felt this morning and i have played zero years in the national football oh, league man. yes yeah that's it's, it's in neutral <laughs> it not only was in neutral carry it was in reverse that's like that's how it was this morning but we are going and ready to go you thought you put it in drive when you're in reverse you, you hit the garage didn't you beep beep <laughs> beep okay we're gonna back up this story that started monday night in the national football league Chargers, Cowboys, not the outcome of the game. Yeah. We're talking about the fan. We're talking about Marianne Doe and how this story continues to have legs because I, I find it fascinating, Carrie, on a lot of different levels on how we have we've become captivated by this story. And there are some people who don't want anything to do with this story, like they don't want anything to do with the Taylor Swift story. Right. But I feel that this this viral fan that we saw on Monday night and the story now that has come out from it has got so many different tentacles, if you will, mm-hmm. that it's touching so many fans, so many teams, everything in the sports world. And two days after it happened, I still think it's one of the bigger stories that we've got in sports. Well, Dan, it's it's becoming all too predictable. I mean, once you're on social media now and you see all these stories and memes and, and, and gifs, gifs, however you say it, how, all these things pop up, they're, 
they're predictable. As soon as you see a fan on TV or you see something happen on TV in live time, you you can pretty much bet your dollar on that thing being something that's going to be posted on social yes. media. And so it's becoming too much of a thing for me. Um, I think, you know, obviously as a fan, when you have fandom towards one team, it's easy to, you know, root, root for that team and be loud and be boisterous and be whatever you want to be. But when you have multiple situations come out where you're that same way about multiple teams, it becomes what's yes. going on here. Yes, and 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 I think that the the first part about this is nothing. It's nothing personal. Personal for Marianne Doe. Yeah, yeah. I think the biggest issue on the surface, Carrie, is that fans and people do not trust the NFL enough right. that they actually believe that the NFL would plant a fan <laughs> and tell their television network and their television partner yeah. to focus on this fan or in their minds an actor during the game like I think that says a lot considering yeah. what we've seen from the Taylor Swift scenario mm-hmm. where people think that that relationship with Travis Kelsey is staged talking about the Kansas City Chiefs I think people a lot of fans feel the Chiefs get all the calls right. in the world, like this, is starting to move into NBA level uh, conspiracy theories right. that you have in the NFL, and I don't think that we've had that, and that's why I think, like on the surface, that's maybe the biggest issue is how many fans don't actually trust and wouldn't put it past the NFL for doing something like well, this. Well, the precursor to all of that was the script, right? So we had Arian Foster talk about the script. Yes. The things being already laid out for the, for an for an entire NFL season, which, I mean, I played, and I, I never got the script. So, <laughs> so, so let's put We're that out We're not going there. to the Super Bowl again? <laughs> exactly. Garbage. What am I doing here? Yeah. No, no, I haven't had that yet. But, yes, I mean, all the signs point to a, a lot of different things. And if you're somebody that believes the later, which is – you know, some of these things can be persuaded or coaxed to mm-hmm. uh, to a certain team or a situation. Then this doesn't help the situation at all. And the team that it was right. was the Chargers. And I think that the Chargers are the team, fair or unfair, that if you look around the National Football League, that you say, all right, where is their fan base? Because right. a lot of their fan base was in San Diego. And a fair amount of that fan base has abandoned the team when they moved to Los Angeles. And so when you see the the screenshots of the stadium at SoFi and you hear the opposing fans come in, you actually think to yourself, well, maybe the NFL does want to make it seem like there are Charger fans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, the, there are very few stadiums, very few teams in the National Football League that have that problem. Jacksonville may be another team that has a fan base. One of the things I've been told about Jacksonville, this was years ago, was that they had a fan base at the time, and I expect it to, to grow, was that there were about sixty to 70,000 diehard Jaguar fans. The problem was there was just nobody cared outside of that, so you weren't getting casual fans to come in there. But there was about a core of about 60,000. Now, that may have grown at the time. I, I don't know if there are 60,000 Charger fans. I wouldn't even know that a number is, but all I know is that when we see the 80,000-seat stadium you know, every Sunday we're seeing a lot of the other colors. But we also saw that in San Diego as well. So I don't know if it's a Chargers fan, but the point being that the NFL would feel like, hey, we kind of need to push this narrative that there there are Charger fans out there and look how crazy they are. Like that may have been a, hey, Dean Spanos, we're going to do you a solid. And maybe fans just didn't buy it. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, obviously, historically, the, the Charger fans, when you go to that stadium, especially now that they're in L.A., it's just – 
it's very <laughs> they're very few and far between when sure. you when you see those guys. But the other problem with that situation is the team they're playing on Sunday has one of the biggest fan bases in the world. So you have the Cowboys playing Sunday night football and I mean they have they they do their camp out here in California. Yeah. So their roots as a as a fan base is second to none. And so when you have them in town, it's gonna to be hard anyway. So it didn't help. So the thought that they would want to focus on this one you know, maniacal fan at the time to show that San Diego, ha- L.A. has yeah. a fan base. That 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 would be something I, I could see happening. The Chargers and Rams played last season at SoFi. John Ramos and Jason Stewart, our technical producer and executive producer, went to that game. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, there were 80% Chiefs fans at that game. I don't know why. It was just uh, – just kidding, guys. <laughs> it, was, it was not the case. Uh, Marianne Doe, though, did make the headlines because she made the rounds in media. Yes. So not only was it Monday night, it carried into Tuesday. One of the appearances that she made was on the Pat McAfee show on ESPN. Uh, This was her talking about her sudden rise to fame yesterday. I grew up in Minnesota before moving to California almost 20 years ago. I don't think that you have to be a single team fan. I do believe that I love all my children the same. I love them differently. So I love my Chargers, and I'm not going to deny my Vikings. Thank God they're AFC and NFC, so we'll deal with it when we get to the Super Bowl together. Right. But at the end of the day, like, yes, I've been a Vikings fan. I've been through that journey as a Vikings fan. Um, I still am, but at the end of the day, I'm here in L.A., past 20 years, been a Chargers fan. Phillip Rivers made me fall in love with his passion. I know people have judgment, but his passion for the game, his intensity – yet so appropriate. So there she answers and addresses the second issue, the viral picture that showed her in a Vikings jersey, an Adam Thielen jersey, with the same expression that everybody came to love on Monday night. Right. And I think that's the next layer of this is you played, so I think you're in a different spot, but any of us here, whether it be John, Jason, or Isaac, or myself, we are fans of teams. Right. I've been a Seahawks fan since 1983. Like that has been my team. And growing up, the Seahawks and Packers were in different conferences and I grew up in Wisconsin. So there was there was a bit of separation of church and state in in that aspect, mm-hmm. but when I got older, I I chose to continue to cheer for the Seahawks. And I think that that point of like when you're a kid, you have a lot of different you know, favorite teams and maybe in baseball you liked an American League team and a National League team. I think all of that is understandable. But now if you've followed a team for 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. to have the sort of passion that she displayed, but she has two different teams, I actually can empathize with a fan of being like, well, she's not a real fan because if the Chargers don't go to the playoffs, at least she has the Vikings, whereas <laughs> me, my team is out of it, and I have nothing to fall back on. So tell me who the real fan is. And I know Matt Leinart came out and said, don't you know rip on this. I'm sure she's amazingly kind. She's come off so well in these in cheerful, joyful, great energy in all of these uh, media spots that she's had. But as a fan – it's tough to understand from someone who may have two different teams as their favorite team. All right, let's be let's take the human element approach here. Let's be compassionate to someone that's having commitment issues. Let's just let's just put that <laughs> okay. out there number 1. That that can be a layer to this conversation. You know, commitment issues is a real thing and so I'm going to give her grace on that point, right? All right. All right. And then you you hit you hit the nail on the head with like me, a former player, right? Growing up as a kid, I was a San Francisco 49er fan. 
because in Alabama, we didn't have any professional team. So obviously you see Steve Young, Jerry Rice, and yeah. the, the high-flying offense in San Francisco that caught my attention, and I was all a, all, all a part of that. You know, skip some years here and there, and I become a New York Jet, right? And so now I'm a New York, you know, New York Jet fan through and through now. And even take it past my playing days. Now that I'm done, I root for players, right? Sure. So, so now I'm I watch Baltimore Ravens all the time because of my guy Lamar Jackson from the University of Louisville. Let me give a shout out. So I I, I follow different teams now, and I want guys to do well. At the end of the day, I don't have any skin in the game there. Where her as a supposed super fan of you know the Vikings first and now the Chargers there's a dynamic there that as a true fan somebody that's suffered through the years with their prospective teams and had those moments happen I can see why they would feel <laughs> feel uh, taken aback by this but as somebody who's grew up in one place and now she's living in a different place you can root for two teams and and I think that can be okay as well. I do want to ask our our crew, John Ramos. Do you have any issue with her being a fan of two teams? Like she openly admitted to, she's from Minnesota. She likes the Vikings. She is now in L.A. and she also cheers for the Chargers. Do you have any issues? Well, with this? I don't think it's her fault that she was doing what she was doing. It's not like we knew before going going into the game that she was a fan of two teams. Nobody yes. knew that. Right, so it's not her fault that they put her on TV, and all of a sudden after it was over, she had to come out and say, "I'm a fan of Vikings." Somebody went and found some picture of her as a Vikings <laughs> fan too. So I don't think that's her fault. That, but it is kind of odd to be that intense for one team. Uh, I assume we'll see her at Minnesota game uh, this weekend. Then, so. <laughs> Monday night against the forty. 40- there you go, Forty Niners. She what? should be there. John, we should check her her, her stock options. She may have a little <laughs> some skin in the game when it comes to the Chargers too. So, by the way, you couldn't have picked two teams that would be like bad choices for ultimate success. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm a Pirates fan and a Mariners fan. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's those are my two teams, <laughs> the Pirates and Mariners. Like that that's almost the equivalent. You've got the Vikings who've 0-4 in Super Bowls, and yeah. recently have had heartbreak in conference title games. Uh, we know the Chargers' history, the one Super Bowl they went to, they were ran off the field by Steve Young and, and yes. Jerry Rice yes. in Super Bowl Twenty Nine. So it's not like she's like, you know what, my two teams, Chiefs-Cowboys, let's go, let's ride. And we've, right. see, we've seen the frontrunner fans, haven't yes, we? The right. ones that jump on to right. like, I love the Yankees, yeah. <laughs> the 49ers and the New York Rangers, or not yeah. the Rangers, but you know, so Detroit Red Wings. That's and, it. Yeah, right. and, and to kind of kind of bring it full circle, I think that the the last point of this is why do we care? <laughs> like why 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 couldn't we just take a nice moment and just let it be that moment? Because everybody's just skeptical in life, right? Like people are just so cynical when it comes to people having their moments. Let people have their moments and move on. We don't have to deep dive on it, which we can because it's great conversation and we're having yeah. a good time with it. But, yeah, it's it's cynicism. I, I, I feel bad that she's gotten uh, flack because I think that there are probably angles and comments that were made towards her mm-hmm. that aren't fair, that right. they aren't because it's really not about the whole deal. If that's how she reacts, like people react differently to different things yeah super there's there's super demonstrative and then there's you know super chill and she's just (laughs) super demonstrative and it just came to light and whether it be the vikings or whether it be the chargers or you know whether it be something cool in her life 
that's the way that she responds, and she shouldn't have to apologize for that. 100%, because I would be in trouble if there was a camera on me in my house. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm a Dallas Maverick fan, basketball through and through for a long time. Okay. And if you saw me running around on game winners, embarrassing. Oh <laughs> when Lucas hitting those like the playoffs <laughs> in the bubble. Exactly. Yeah, yes, uh, Jason Stewart. Um, if you work with me long enough, you know that I love a good conspiracy theory. Yes. So I really have kind of read the read what the conspiracy is, and I have to I I have to say that it intrigues me. I'm not saying I believe in it, but you have a woman who is acting oddly. You have to admit it. Most of the reaction was because all the blogs and social media were. It was a mocking tone. It wasn't look at this great fan. It was what is wrong with this lady? That was kind of the tone, and that's how it kind of picked up and got snowballed, and then everyone looked into her background. And I do think it's odd that she has gained national attention from that, from the social media reaction. Pat McAfee is maybe the most popular show um, on on TV right now. She made an appearance. There's something conspiratorial or coordinated about her fame in the last 48 hours. There is something a little odd, and I understand where people think that something's not right. But it goes back to what Kerry just said. And I'm going to put myself in this category. There's a lot of cynicism out there about everything. I mean, to go to a dark place, we saw it with what's happening in the Middle East right now. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know what truth is. You don't know who's who's telling you where it is nowadays. And it's like, I think that has fed into why this story has been so big. Right, Kerry? Exactly. You feel somebody uh, that everybody's always got an angle. Yes. I, I think yes. half of the people that wanted to, that, that saw her reactions were thinking like, what meme could I put this on on Twitter? <laughs> right away. Where I would get a thousand retweets. I just have to think of something clever to go with her reaction, and then that will go like wildfire. It's also everybody's in it for themselves, and if it's not for them, then it's against them. And mm-hmm. and, and, and I guess maybe that's just the the best way to do it. It it it's gift and the curse for her. You know, I'm sure she had a blast doing all this, but now you got to deal with all of these other comments as a as as a fan, as we talked about of a as a Seahawks fan. There are other teams around the league where you're like, okay, that's cool, but in no way would you ever get to the level of of being a you know a fan to maybe a, like a new player in the league or right. or you're like, oh, that that you know, dolphins are a lot of fun to watch, but in no way are you invested in that. I I, I can understand why maybe a diehard fan would would want to bring that down, but I don't think those are the people that are bringing her down. I think it was the people who just don't believe in the NFL. And to Jason's point, those who love a conspiracy. Exactly. And just feel that it's a plant. He's Kerry Rhodes. I'm Dan Beyer. John Ramos is here. Jason Stewart's here. Isaac Lowenkron is here as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're going to be schooled within this hour here on Fox Sports Radio. Yeah, some of our great talent, including the guy sitting next to me, going to bust out their acting chops. But it is a Wednesday. Midway's coming up. He is Kerry Rhodes. I'm Dan Beyer. In for Doug as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Is this your first Wednesday show that you've done here on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio? This is my first Wednesday and you guys are rolling out the red carpet for me so to speak since we're talking about acting and also got the Jet and Eagle game on, which I've already yes. so I know the outcome, but I'm still kind of invested. We did in. call the NFL <laughs> Network and said so, air that one Wednesday because I am in the building. You guys are so Eastern, gracious. Please <laughs> noon Pacific if you could. <laughs> By the way, it was about uh, two quarters from now that Kerry said to me on Sunday the Jets are going to win this game. And uh, I didn't believe him. I didn't believe him. <laughs> it was only until Jalen Hurts threw that awful interception, and then they ran it back, and then Nick Sirianni thought, yeah, not only will I pass on third down, I'm going to let the Jets score to make it even more difficult for us to come back and win. Man, still not over that on Sunday. I don't even care about either team. So what a coaching malpractice. Yeah. Uh, uh, was it coaching malpractice on the part of Brian Dable? Let's dive in. It's Wednesday. Stuck in the middle with you. It's time for... The Midway. Now, Jason Stewart, our executive producer, usually comes up with the topics of the Midway, but it's almost like, Jason, you're the topic today because of the tweet that you sent Sunday night that has garnered now more than 2.6 million, I guess, views so far, and it was your take on the exchange between Giants head coach Brian Dable and Giants quarterback Terod Taylor. Now, Isaac's in on this. John Ramos is in on this. Carrie and I. But, Jason, we start with you and what caught your eye and why it was such an issue for you on Sunday night. <laughs> so um, just to make it all about me, um, <laughs> I'm watching the uh, way that the first half ended on Sunday night, and Tyrod Taylor, I guess, we learned later that he checked to a run and the clock ran out. Fellas, we've got a reunion. Say again? Uh, we got a reunion uh, of of us getting We together. have a reunion? Oh, yes. sweet. Awesome. Um, so what happens is I see, I see Tyrod Taylor check to a run and the clock runs out and the, the announcers are going like I, they can't believe what they just saw. And then the camera is focused on Brian Dayball's reaction to it. And then you see Tyrod Taylor walk up to him, and now everybody has seen the video of 
Brian Dayball choosing to dress down his quarterback in that moment. As literally they're walking to the tunnel, I'm guessing there are three minutes from the, the tunnel. And my immediate read on this, and Carrie, we talked last hour about people that are just skeptical right away. Right. I'm that guy. And I said, <laughs> why would he choose when he knows that the NFL is the most covered sport in the world? He knows that there are 18 million people watching right now. He knows there's going to be a camera on him. He has that awareness. Why would he choose to dress him down now as opposed to three minutes from now in the tunnel away from the cameras? I thought that that was a purposeful choice to be like, this is not my fault. I'm going to I'm gonna show the viewers that this was my quarterback's decision. And I thought he showed him up in that moment. That's my read on it. That's a very unpopular take because when I went to Twitter to express that, I have gotten... 3 million now impressions wow. and exchanges on that tweet from everybody calling me names, horrible names, to just like, you're an example of how soft the country is. A coach should be able to yell at his player, which wasn't my point at all. <laughs> my point was when he chose to yell at him. I thought it was a choice that he did that. Um, I think Eric Mangini last hour was basically like he was being authentic in the moment, and I like that about him. I also saw that reaction on Twitter. I know there's a lot of there's a lot of opinions on this. Um, so that was my opinion, Kerry. What do you think about me and my opinion? How about let's start there? Yeah, I think your opinion's valid, right? You're, you have your take on it. You have you're responding to something that you saw in the moment and you you feel like it could have been a different choice and that's perfectly fine, right? I'm a believer in kind of what Coach said. It's we're in the moment. Cameras or no cameras, a lot of things happen that sometimes even us as individuals wouldn't want to happen. Knowing Dayball personally and knowing how he you know approaches life in general, it's He's an emotional guy. So accountability are not about what actually took place. If he's doing what he felt in that moment to be honestly him, which it was, I have no problem with that. There is a layer to that to where if you're a coach and you have to start second-guessing and thinking about how I'm going to respond to a player, then that means you're not thinking about everything else that's going on in the game. So <laughs> I can go on and on about this, but I know we don't have a lot of time, but I'm going to pass it to Dan. But Well, yeah, and, and I'll just say this. Like, I think that there's – I think that one of the, the things one of the things that comes into play, and I actually disagree with Jason's take on this. I don't think he was showing him up. I think he was coaching. I think that if this was uh, a rookie quarterback, that's not the greatest look. This is a guy who's been in the league for how long, Terod Taylor? More than a 13 decade. 13 years, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, to that point, I don't think that there's anything that you can do. The other point about it, and I'll come from a fan perspective, since we're talking about fan perspective so much, if I'm a Giants fan, I feel exactly like Brian Dable did. Mm -hmm. And anything less from a situation where you absolutely squandered an opportunity on the road to get more points against the team, which, by the way, nothing has really gone right for you so far this season, and you mess that up where everybody at home is thinking the same thing, I'm saying, yeah, all right, go get him, coach. Now, I don't think that was in his mind at the time, 
But I do think that he, the way that he responded to it was how many people actually felt at home watching that. Well, let's take this perspective. I don't think he was wrong in the moment of berating the player, right? But let's say he kicks the field goal there. Now, we could talk about coaching decisions and say, if he kicks the field goal there, they don't have to score a touchdown at the end of the game and win the game. They can kick a field goal. So we can discredit him and his coaching take right there by trying to be too aggressive and go for the score and not the field goal. So there's blame all the go- all the way around here. But in that moment of getting on your player, it doesn't matter who that player is. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But yes, big scope. It's it's a lot of things in this. It's very layered. Very layered. I, Jason, you said that a lot of people have misconstrued your point that you're trying to, to trying to make with this. In other words, they they'll a, a common refrain was my high school coach yelled at me like this all the time. Or you see this all the Trent Dilfer just a couple of weeks ago. He was doing this to his coaching staff. And yeah. my point was. 18 million people aren't watching your high school game. 18 million people aren't watching Trent Dilfer's game. Right. There, I think that if, if you're a head coach in, in, in the NFL right now, I think that has to be a part of your job description as being aware of how you are coming off. I know that goes against what everything that Mangini said about authenticity, mm-hmm. but I do think there are coaches that measure these things in their head. And that's why you don't see this very much. I mean, think about it. How often do we see a head coach going off on his quarterback? In the NFL, almost never. You think about the Kyler Murray incident last year. That was Kyler Murray going off on his head coach, and Kingsbury was like like this. So it's like there aren't many examples, if you think about it, on that level, and I think it's because there are so many eyes on you. But that's my theory. Go, do you have some? I was just going to say this. I don't think that this is a teaching moment either. Like this is a you messed up, you didn't run the play or you changed the play. It's not like this is something that Terod Taylor is going to learn from and add to his arsenal. Like that's the that's the only part of it. Like so, like if it was a teaching moment. I can understand that happening in the locker room. I think this is just all key to the moment yeah. sort of thing where Terod Taylor knows he messed up. Brian Dable mess- knows he messed up. Everybody watching the game knows that he messed up. But I, I don't think that there was anything showing up over it. If it was a younger quarterback, I think you handle it more with kid gloves. And also if it was a situation to learn from, I don't know what you if you're you know Terod Taylor how much you learn from it because I think you already know that you you messed up. Yeah, I don't even think you learn anything from it because knowing the play and knowing how the NFL works coming from a player perspective, knowing that there are multiple options that he had at the line of scrimmage, right? So if you get a certain look, you're preconceived to change to that to that play. It doesn't matter situation. It should. But it doesn't matter the situation in this because he chose to go to the second play, right? So if the play works, then he's a genius. So outside looking in, it doesn't matter about that. It's about the moment of the argument and the moment that happened there. And so if it's real and it's authentic, I'm okay with that. And you can you can settle out the rest of the things. How is, the how is he also supposed to know that the cameras are on him? Right. Like you may be just doing a – Is know. that a, is that a serious question? Yeah. Oh, I – I think that 
You have to know because your team just you made actually a, thought a I massive was mistake. You think that I was joking? Like <laughs> I, I, I really thought you were. I, I yeah. mean, the camera's always on the coach, first of all. But that's what I'm saying. That I, I think the modern age NFL head coach, the sport has grown so so much that they almost have to be in that sense of how is this reaction being measured by the viewers, and that that's just my thinking. Obviously, Kerry disagrees. Yeah, I actually spoke with. Um, Rich Ornberger, who also fills in here on Fox Sports Radio, he said he would be rather he'd rather be dressed down in front of cameras than in front of teammates in the locker room. Well, I, I wouldn't want to be dressed down in anywhere, but it it happens, man. I mean, in the in the spur of the moment, I mean, there's disagreements that happen all the time. It doesn't get caught on camera like you just just stated, but happens all the time. And so for them, I don't think it's a big deal. For us, it's a conversation to have and. Again, Tyrod played 13 years. I'm sure he's gotten his few share of shakes along the way, so I think he'll be okay. Here's another one. I don't even know if Dable really undressed him. I think he just kind of threw up his hands a little bit and was talking somewhat animated, but it wasn't demonstrative. A, you know, it wasn't a screen like he didn't chuck his headset. He just kind of was like, "What are you doing, man? We got 15 seconds of the clock. We don't have any timeouts. You know, we got to throw the ball." Why would you do a run play? You just cost us three points. Like that's how I would say it, and I don't think like in that exchange of it, he's like, "We don't have any timeouts." <laughs> you know, I thought we had a timeout, coach. We don't have any timeouts. You should know that you're the quarterback. Come on, man. It's interesting because we're gonna be we're gonna be doing some acting next segment. <laughs> one, one of the one of the few people on Twitter that agree with me used a key word that it's something with Dayball that is performative. Because last week, when he threw the tablet, he went up to uh, to Daniel Jones and he threw the tablets. Like that seems to be something that he's doing for the cameras to again let everyone know that this is on my quarterback. This has nothing to do with anything I did. That's how it comes off. So, Jason, you have this belief that Brian's trying to deflect blame right now is what you're getting at. That's is a that part kind of, of my what theory. you're getting yeah. to. <laughs> I. Mm, that's now that's a different topic because I don't I mean I don't think he's being dressed I don't think he's attempting to dress down anybody I think that's just in the moment but if you're talking about him trying to deflect it's a part of my theory okay yeah. now that that's a different that's a different conversation John Ramos I know you're a coach do you want in on this are you tapping out? Well, I think Jason made a good point about. Uh, Never mind, John. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, go, sorry. Go ahead. No, I think Jason made a good point about the level of you know. I don't coach professional football players. These are grown men with, uh, you know, years and years of being on television, years and years of being certain thing. I coach young kids, and I personally wouldn't do that to them because obviously they're young, they're they're formidable, uh, they're they're in their formative years. I think it is a little bit different in the NFL. I do think that the coach does have a right to uh, talk that way to them to set a tone of who's in charge of the team and uh, that that what he says sure. or what he or she says is the way it should be done. I, I, I'll say this. I'll bring, put this in Kerry's lap. Do you think that there's a difference between a physical and a mental mistake in coaching? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. For sure. And I think that this was a mental mistake. Like if a guy gets beat – on something, um, if he's lined up a certain way, um, maybe you're like, hey, this is how we worked on it in practice. I only bring this up because in my limited, uh, unspectacular 
athletic career in high school. <laughs> I still remember to this day, we practice all week long about denying the basketball from the wing back to the top of the key. It's what we worked on, what we worked on, and guess what? They tried to reverse the basketball. I was not in uh I was not in position. Not only was I called for a personal foul because I wasn't in position, I remember my coach because it was right in front of our bench. I can picture it to this day. <laughs> him screaming at me, deny the basketball. And he wasn't yelling at me because I made the foul there. It's because we had worked on it the entire week. Yeah. And we had done it the entire week of doing that. And not only did I not do that, I also got called for a foul in doing it. And I still remember it to this day. And there are times where I've got yelled at where I didn't think it was cool or whatever. Right. I'm still cool with that. Like, mm-hmm. I understand it, but it resonated enough for me to understand that was a physical mistake, but it really was a mental mistake because we had done it all week long. And I think that was the biggest problem that he had with it. Dan, I see the hurt in your eyes still. <laughs> yes. It's making me, and we were actually making a good me, emo- for making me emotional thinking about it. Oh. Little Dan trying to play deny, <laughs> and it didn't work hey, out. Hey, this was varsity <laughs> basketball, Kerry. Okay, this was varsity. Oh, okay, yes. I, thought, I thought it was like sixth, seventh yes. grade middle school. No, anyway, no. but no, you know what? It's crazy because me as a player, I like to be – Coach tough, and I like to be coach direct. The coaches that would beat around the bush and not give me the answer to the test in a way that's direct for me, I would always have a problem with those guys. And so that's why it doesn't affect me at all here with what happened in that moment. But again, like I said, it's a big, big scope of a big, a bigger picture here of if he's trying to deflect, deflect blame. And, and and showing up and doing stuff like that to discredit himself from blame here, then that's the, that would be the issue for me. I, I'll just say this. I, I may disagree with what Jason is saying, mm-hmm. but Jason is the only one that pointed this out. And it is a Wednesday, and it is still a topic that has legs, and you can see it from the statistics on Jason's tweet. Mm-hmm. Other radio shows are talking about this point, and so I disagree, Jason, with your point. But I think it's an amazing, astute observation for you that has struck a chord with so many. So kudos well, thank on you, that. Yes. Jason, keep coming. Yes. Uh, amazing stuff. And that is uh, the Midway for today. The Midway. Uh, hit him up. You can see that tweet, at Jason Stewart. If you want to respond and yell at Jason some more, like 732 people have chosen to do, that's just in the replies, not even in the quote retweets. Uh, you could do so at Jason Stewart. Find Kerry at Kerry 25 Roads. Of course, John Ramos at JS Ramos. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Byer. He's the NFL vet, Gary Rhodes. <laughs> People care about this fan deal. Yes, I'm they telling do. you. Uh, hit carry up at carry 25 roads also on the ig where can they find you oh on the ig it's just carry roads i kept my name just basic that's because did somebody else uh, carry roads on twitter let me, you- let me tell you the story dan i got off twitter when i got off twitter i had around like eight hundred thousand followers i wanted to deactivate it and get away from social media came back somebody took my name so i had to throw the 25 and <laughs> that makes sense that actually does make some sense yeah. but yeah and that's and it's tough to build back up oh man uh today's show is brought to you by progressive insurance progressive makes bundling easy and affordable get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle rv boat atv and more all your protection in one place bundle and save at progressive.com uh i'm gonna let you have the honors yes. to bring in our next guest yes our next guest on the on the Doug Gottlieb show is a former friend, former coach, former confidant, a teacher of so much for me in my playing days. And it was really such a gracious, gracious time to have this moment and share this space with this guy. We used to call him the man genius. Eric Mangini, welcome to the show, brother. What up, Carrie? How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. It's so good to hear your voice. It's been it's been a long time. It, it has been. I was excited. I saw who was on the show today. I I, I ran to move some things around so I could join you guys. <laughs> no, when they told me earlier, I was like, "What? Mangini's here? <laughs> Let me hop on." So I was excited. <laughs> how how difficult was Kerry Rhodes to coach? Is the first question we all want to know. Eric, don't do it, Dan. First of all, he was not difficult at all to coach. <laughs> I'm surprised he only had 800,000 followers on Twitter, though, because his nickname was Hollywood back in the day. That is true. Uh, but he had, you know, he he backed up that that you know persona with what he did on the field. Great uh, ball skills, really smart, good communicator, and what a lot of people don't realize, he, he was an underrated blitzer. When we used to blitz him, and and he'd make contact. Usually it was a problem for the quarterback. And then I think people think of his ability to generate picks and things like that and his plays in the deep part of the field. But he can cause some problems as a blitzer, too. Let's keep Mangini on for the rest of the show. Let's keep it going. <laughs> you got, a, you got you, another you know 90 what I mean? minutes? Yeah, got, yeah another, yeah, another let, 90. Let's, uh, let's, let's keep with this Jets theme because it, it's one of the okay. issues that now the Jets are playing good football. Uh, Zach Wilson seems uh, to be acclimating himself pretty well with the Jets. But yesterday we heard Robert Sala keeping a spot open for Aaron Rodgers. Could this at all be or go south? Uh, at all for the Jets, or do you think it's fine that they're still maybe keeping them back in their mind that Aaron Rodgers could return to this team at some point this season, or should this just be Zach Wilson's show the rest of the way? Well, it would be a miracle if if Aaron Rodgers come back from that injury and play and play in a meaningful way, and and I really hope that he can because that means that there's advancements in this type of of treatment, and he's really blazing a trail for for other guys who have a similar injury. I don't think it's realistic, but from 
from Robert Sala's perspective and the organizations, of course, you keep a, a spot open for him. You brought him in. You you paid him a, a lot of money. You you traded away draft picks for him, and and he gave you the potential to to compete for a Super Bowl based off of of what he's done and what he could bring to the team. And and with Zach Wilson, he's he's improved a lot over the last three games and you've seen more decisiveness you've seen some more confidence uh you've seen a better performance the key thing is he's not losing the games for him but we weren't starting at a very high bar so so it's positive and I, i'm happy for him because i think and Kerry knows this the league has a way of humbling you yeah and he was he was humbled dramatically last year and it looks like he's learned a lot from that and and he's progressed, but when you compare the option of okay, I can play Aaron Rodgers even you know with with the potential of him not playing, like his upside versus versus where Zach is now. If, if Zach suddenly has an amazing uh, remainder of the season, maybe that discussion is a little bit different. But it'd be hard to say no to Aaron Rodgers at any point. Hey, coach, I, I'm definitely going to come back to the Jets, but I want to. I want to move around a little bit and talk about your former team, one of your, one of your former teams in New England and the, the crazy state of, state of mind that they're in right now, being one in five, and you know, we haven't really seen that really take place in New England. So how, what do you think the psyche is of the organization right now, and especially with Bill Belichick right now? Okay, you may have thought that life with me was hard. <laughs> life there right now must be really hard. I mean, it was it was hard when we were fourteen and two, and I, and I had you know I don't have a problem with that because I think that winning and winning consistently is is really difficult. But losing and and knowing how how they work and and what's demanded of them every day, that's that's really challenging and. Um, it's challenging too because this is a, this is a really different team in the sense that they don't have a lot of guys that were part of that winning tradition, that were part of that culture, that understand all the things that 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 it took. So you're you're still teaching this group how to win, and they mm-hmm. haven't had haven't had that success. So I imagine it's challenging is, is probably the nicest word I can I can. Uh, used to describe the environment. Eric Mangini joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. He's Kerry Rhodes. I'm Dan Byer in for Doug Gottlieb. Is it in Belichick's DNA to punt on a season? Because right now it seems like it's all but lost. No, not, not, not at all. I I was with Bill in Cleveland when, when things were uh, terrible after Art Modell announced that the team was going to move. So we were projected to go to the Super Bowl. Art um, Odell announced the team's going to move to Baltimore. The city is is as angry as you can as as you can imagine uh, any city could be with the story tradition and the idea that they would take their team away from. We, we were at the point where if you were going towards a dog pond, we had to turn around and go the other way because people were shooting M80s on the field. It was it was terrible, and and we were projected to be really good, and we weren't. So you, you add that component too, and and there was no point in that season where I ever felt like Bill was anything but the same consistent guy that that he always is. And here's the thing that that, that I think a lot of people forget is look at Detroit last year. They were one in six. 
Detroit started one and six and finished really strong. Jacksonville two and six finished really strong, and then you got a team like Tennessee who was seven and three and and didn't finish very very well at all. So it it can change, and momentum is a very powerful thing. So I can't imagine that you know not even midway through the season anybody anybody's punting, and and Bill's not going to let anybody punt, you know, in that locker room. Coach, I want to talk about a, a guy that we both know really well, uh, Brian Dayball in New York with the Giants. Um, you know, the the big clip of him, you know, going after going after Tyrod Taylor on the field after the failed goal line run on, on Sunday night and how he approached that situation. In your, in, in, in your estimation, guesstimation, or how you would handle that situation as a coach, do you think he handled that well by, you know, really, I guess, tearing him apart on the field in plain sight for everybody to see, or would you handle that situation a little bit differently? Well, here's what I like, Kerry, that Brian's done throughout his, his tenure as a head coach of the Giants, is he's been him. And, and one of the mistakes that I made as a head coach is, is I took on too much of other people's personalities. And that's a, that's a lesson that you have to learn as a young coach is you can do all the things that you believe in, but the most important thing is to do it in your way and be authentic. Yes. And I think Brian is authentic, and he is he is very emotional, and he's emotional in the, in the sense that he'll yell at guys and he'll get on guys, and he's emotional in the sense that that he'll love guys up, and and it's sincere. It's not it's not just to, to motivate. It's it's how it's how he's wired. So is it is it great to embarrass anybody on national TV? No, it, it's it's not. But as we all know, we're not thinking about the viewing audience. We're not thinking about, you know, the the corresponding tweets or, or the, you know, all the things that come with it in, in that moment. Um, so the authenticity that Brian's shown, I think, is, is really good. Would he, um, knowing him, would he want to not have that moment be broadcast to the world? Pro- probably so. Yeah. Fox Sports 1 NFL analyst and former coach of the Browns and former head coach of the Jets and Kerry's former head coach, Eric Mangini, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. That was Sunday night. On Monday night, when we weren't obsessed with the Chargers fan, we were kind of scratching our heads and saying what was going on with Justin Herbert. Uh, Herbert maybe not looking like himself. Have the Chargers... You know, done everything that they they've can for Herbert. I, I would say it was probably one of his poorest games that he's played. But what do they need to do to to maximize the the uber skills of this young quarterback now that he's got this long term contract? Well, the, the Chargers have have had challenges you know, for for the last three years and and through this this administration, especially on defense. They're they're currently, I think, either thirty first or thirty second. And pass defense, and about you know somewhere in the twenties and in, in points allowed, and that's how it's been the whole time. So it it hasn't been a complimentary team. And they've spent a lot of money on free agents on on defense. They've spent draft picks on defense. They've tried to fix that problem, but but it hasn't worked out great. And and there's been some inconsistency with with Herbert at times as well, which can happen. And and it can especially happen with a new contract, with expectations, with knowing that your defense has, I think there's been five, ten point uh, blown leads 
you know, since since um, the head coach has been there. And, and and look, I'm not in the business of taking shots at head coaches, but that's that's been the reality. And so, as a quarterback, you can think, okay, I got to go win this. I got to go make a play. And when you start pressing, it, it becomes it becomes a problem. You you can't always be Superman. Sometimes you just got to play within you know your means. And, and and we should give some credit to Dallas too. That's a really good defense. It was just sure. embarrassed. So I'm sure they were. It was their best shot as well. And you don't want to hit hit a team right after they've been embarrassed, especially on you know the you know the big the big screen. Coach, you said something. Sunday, Sunday one's a little different than Monday night. Or yeah. Sunday yeah, night, prime you know. time, standalone game, absolutely. Hey, coach, yeah. coach, you said something really, really good there that I want a lot of people to hear. The authentic, the the authenticity that it takes to be yourself in a power position, being a head coach, being a professional player, the, be, being able to be true to you and true to yourself is is such a powerful tool, and it's one that we don't get to recognize or, you know, really step into that full power of being in those positions, but. To, to hear you say that and to step into that and to own that. And I've done that, uh, you know, after my playing days and as my playing days wound, out, wound down as well. It's such a beautiful thing because I think now with social media and the, and the avenues that we have, these players have now to fully be themselves and embrace themselves the way they want. It's a powerful tool. But to also know that things aren't happening to you, they're happening for you, especially in these team situations and these situations where you have to, be compliant in some in, in, in to some degree with other players and other people is such a big thing. So I, I like that you said that about Brian. That was that was a powerful moment. I'm glad. And, and Carrie, we both know when you get those positions, whether it's it's a you know you're a, an elite player, or you have a big contract, or whatever the expectations are, young head coach. There's no there's no real playbook for that, and and sometimes you get caught up in who you think you should be as opposed to who you are. And and oftentimes the reason you're in that position is because of who you are and the, the quicker that you can you can realize that and look some of it comes with, with age and experience or a lot of it comes with age and experience, but the quicker you can you can live your your, your true self and, and be who you are, I think the better you're off in football and business and anything else you do perfect spot to wrap this up uh, i'm glad we could reunite you guys coach thanks so much for the time and uh yeah. great to talk to you eric so good man i appreciate you eric mangini awesome but thanks eric talk to you soon man at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.